Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Education Suspended is a production of Intricate Roots Educational Consulting Services. Our editor and production manager is Katie Kunin. Our producer is Jamie Higa, and our music is provided by Poets Row. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to season two of Education Suspended. I cannot believe this journey started over a year ago, and here we are today, launching one of my favorite episodes yet. I'm extremely grateful to the students of ALU in Denver. Y'all, this is a great school. Their staff are phenomenal. Thank you to Miss Jen Jackson, the principal, for letting us come in, for sharing your environment. But mostly thank you to the students. Your voices were amazing. Your stories really hit home. And we wanted to start this season with something special. We wanted to hear from the students and what they want to see change and how they want to form a better system moving forward. Just a heads up, in this episode, the students share their real-life stories, and so they have gone to other schools prior to ALU, and their experiences are real. We understand that maybe that's not the experience of all the students that went to these schools, but we wanted to have space for them to share their stories. In full transparency, we did this interview at their school, which was super cool. So I was there in person. Steve was obviously still in Minneapolis. So the sound is a little off. We did our absolute best as a small homemade podcast, but we just wanted to be upfront about that in the intro. All right, y'all. Sit back and enjoy the first episode of season two with the amazing students from ALU. So our podcast is called Education Suspended. We're going into season two. The whole premise of our podcast is that we've been interviewing adults that are really passionate about changing our educational system. We're trying to interview people that are really creative about the system and it needing to change. But we wanted to start season two. We've heard from a lot of adults and I think we're, we really need some student voice about like what's been your story in education and what yeah. would you change and why would you change it, right? Why does it not work? We don't have an agenda. We just want to talk. So we're, we're going to be talking about how like the remote learning or just like a school in general? I think for us as the adults who have felt that the system needs to change for a while. I think remote learning kind of shoved it in everyone's face of like, listen, something's got to give. I also believe that the system has been broken for years. There are students that are systematically set up to fail and not be successful. So I want to make sure we talk about both. Yeah, maybe what has remote learning been like that? But even without remote learning... Also, like in school in general. Yes, what would you say? Like if you had a billion dollars and we're running... Our education system, what would you change? Why would you change it? What's unfair? What doesn't work out? I'm extremely grateful for all of you being here. I think it's awesome what y'all are doing. I'm grateful that your principal will let us come here. If you wouldn't mind, you can just say your first name, maybe what year you are, and just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into other questions, if that sounds okay. Can I go first? Yes, go ahead. My name is Aaliyah. I was born in 2003. I'm 18 years old. I go to AUL. And so far, it's been the best school I've been to. Like, I've been to a few other schools in DPS and out of DPS and partner schools. Yeah. And honestly, they do so much different than what AUL does. Like, I feel like we're more of a family here than just people who we just walk around in the hallways. 
it's a small school, so like of course we know everybody. It's just like better because we feel closer in in a big school. You, we walk around and you don't even know more than half the people right. unless you've been there like the whole school year until like you learn everybody around you. Here, what they do different when we're learning, what we learn is what we learn in real life and what we deal with in real life. I feel like in other schools, they just teach you the basic things. Yeah. But in AUL, they teach us differently by giving us examples in like real life, how we can deal with them. In math, we get like subjects where we deal with things that can benefit us in, in the future. Yeah. And then, yeah. what else? Can I pause for a second? Yeah, go ahead. How many schools have you been to before you came here? I've been to, went to four schools and then AUL. So and your, just in high school. Just in high school? So just this is, in this high is your school. fifth high school. Yes. And when you were at those other schools, and the, if this is too personal, I, I, also for all of you, any point if I ask too personal of a question, just say, stop talking. <laughs> did you choose to leave those high schools? Yes, I did. I was given the choice by my mom because she didn't like the way they did their school. Okay. Like, I wasn't able to go up to the teacher and be like, can you help me? Do Can you take a second out okay. and actually help me and make sure I learn and, and understand what I'm doing? Right. Here they do that. They stay here and make sure they come back and then make sure that you understand what you're doing. All right. A sense of family, a sense of belonging, connecting academic work to life. Mm -hmm. I really want to graduate this year, like so bad. Nice. My principal has told me, well, what do you want to do when you graduate? And I sat there and I was like, well, you're right, because I don't know what to do just yet. She has a plan set for me gonna show me colleges what are best for me and like what I can do after instead yeah. of just like now I've really done like I'm just like oh I have an idea but I'm not positive that that's what I'm gonna yeah. do and that's yeah. just making sure that if I'm positive of what that's what I'm gonna do after yeah I have so many questions we're gonna come back to it what's coming up for me is I've always heard high school students just say why does this matter? You have these traditional math, science, social studies, and you just have students kind of glazed over, like, what, what does this mean for me? It's very normal for high school students to feel like, I do not know what the hell I want to do with my life, except the system somewhat demands that you're supposed to know when you're 18. At 18, they expect Which is absolute crap. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, it's really crazy. And so we'd probably, I would love to jump into that. And the reason I'm saying that out loud is because I will forget what I'm saying right now. Okay, who wants to go next? All of you. My name is Kayleen. I've been at AUL for five years now. So I'm a repeating senior. I've done my senior year twice. And I've probably dropped out like six times. Okay. I just couldn't, I couldn't catch on. I don't like being directed. I don't like authority figures. So it's hard for me. But yeah. I went to seven schools before this one. And just high school? No, this, this is the only high school I've ever been to. Okay. I went to six middle schools and then just one elementary school. And this is the first one where I like had a connection with my teachers. Really felt like we like understood each other. What is it about that connection? I don't know. Every time I have like a personal issue, I know exactly what teacher I can go to with it. Like I'll be like, yeah, she can help me out with that. She can give me good advice on this subject, on this. And it's just really helpful to know that there's someone there. And there's not just one person. There's always multiple people. Yeah. yeah. That's what I love because you don't have to just think that you're depending on one when you can like go yeah. into other people. Yeah. I would assume if we were to just pick a random group of high schoolers out of anywhere, I'm sure someone would say, oh, at least I have one teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think both of you have already articulated to have everybody is a little bit different. 
which is really cool. Kaylina, I'd like to know, when did you feel that connection first? Was it right away? Did it take a while? So my first year here, we didn't have any of the same staff that we have now. We had a completely different group of teachers, a different principal, and it was a very different feeling then because it wasn't at all like it is now. It was like every other school. There wasn't really okay. a special bond with people. And then when our principal took over, Ms. Jackson, she brought in all these really informed teachers. The math teacher didn't just teach us math. He taught us how to accept things, how to be yourself. And it was really helpful. Yeah, okay. So probably the beginning of my 10th grade year, when Jackson first came, I think it was automatic. You could tell the change. We're not going to call out Ms. Jackson who's sitting in the room right now. Because that would be awkward. That would be awkward. We'll do that later. We'll do that later. Who wants to go next? Okay. And I can tell you're a really loud talker. I'm going to have you bring it down a notch uh, and get as close to this mic as you can. So we might need to pivot a little bit. I'm Justin. This is my first year at AUL. I'm in ninth grade, so it's my first high school I've been to. Yeah. How many schools have you been to until here? I think like three. Three schools? Four. And anything off, off the cuff that you want to say about your experience thus far? No. Okay. I love it. A man of few words. Last but not least. Marquiste. Yes, sir. My first year at AUL, very school. Where should I start? Man, I think it's definitely the best school I've ever been at by far, seeing that we get to have breaks. We still get our education and even the teachers, you know, they're willing to stick up. You know, after school, you could go and get your grades still, you know. It's just a really great experience at AUL, in my opinion. I really enjoy it here. You ever get hungry? Go grab a snack. You don't have to worry about Police officers always on you. I think the staff really, really care about us here. And it's nice to have people to talk to, you know, other than people at home. You know, you can feel safe around here. Yeah. Yeah. I was greeted with a bubbly water when I walked in, so I knew it was a really good school. <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> they have the LaCroix here. <laughs> you mentioned they don't have police officers here. Yeah. And we've got a big head nod. What's coming up for you when he says that? I like that, and it changes the school a lot. There's kids that come to school that they see officers that they're automatically already in trouble and they try to prevent any way or any situation yeah. with police or security guards because all they want to do is you're doing something bad. Yeah. They want to get you in trouble all the time. I like it that they're not here in our school because it just feels more better. You don't have to go to school and be like, oh, I have to make sure I'm not like messing up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Up. yeah, you, you got to like prepare yourself and stuff like that. And like, I feel like all security and officers just like think you're doing something bad, that they want to look for what you're doing bad. And here, yeah. like, you don't have to go to school and worry about that. Yeah. You just get your school, get your work done, and that's all you have to do. Clearly, police officers in school have been a really hot topic in the last yeah. two years, at least. Not having police officers at the school kind of take us out of the like, school to prison system you Absolutely. know like it makes us feel less like we're in prison yeah even the most well-intentioned school that has a police officer there there's an innate power differential and cultural implication just by having that human at that building steve and i both have story after story of students of like just the sight of that their reaction is totally different as it should be right as it should be based on experience well i think even if something does go wrong let's say if it does i think the staff know really what to do okay. in the situation and how to de-escalate it and they do it really passively yeah so that works yeah. out really good too yeah. i'm loving listening to you guys and by how? the way it's just so pure so i guess the big question that we'd like to ask you all is what would you want to tell the adults what would you want to tell the policymakers of like this isn't working 
I would want to change how they deal with our punishments. Mm-hmm. Right, that is the first thing. When we do some that we're not supposed to do in school, instead of how they have securities and then just do what they do normally, I would want to change that more because that is a big impact. Let's think of some traditional punishments in school. Do you remember any that you experienced or what? Suspension. Suspensions. So, okay, let's not even go down that Detention. Yeah. You know, uh, I was at one school where every time we got in trouble, we'd have to write lines, a full paper back in front, lines of, I will not do it again. I feel like that was only on Little House on the Prairie, and none of you probably know that reference. What else have you all experienced? Being expelled for fighting or being caught with something you're not supposed to have in school. The big one that's coming up for Steve and I that we're hearing from teachers is that people are feeling like suspensions are going up right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. We've got a lot of students back in school that we say are dysregulated or having a harder time as the teachers are just as dysregulated. And there's kind of like, like zero tolerance. And I feel like the punishments that they do for us doesn't help. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't do anything. But like cause more trouble. Aaliyah, can you give us an example of that? Like when they kick us out of school. It's one, one yeah. big thing. They don't do anything but make us trouble in finding another school with it, like somebody who would accept us because we're labeled as a bad kid yeah. or labeled as whatever they put on our record when we're in trouble or get caught with something or like how they treat dogs. Once you're a family, you cannot get certain privileges. Yeah. And I feel like they treat us like that. And I guess like if you had behavior stuff around like attendance. I think that was one that we've talked about is like what happens when you don't come to school and then they kick you out for not coming to school. Yeah. Which is so great is Yeah. So like a kid will ditch and then they get suspended the next time. Yeah. Let me just throw it out there because someone who's gonna be listening to this is going to come back and say, Fine, well, what do we do? What do you do for a kid that doesn't show up to school? What do you do for a kid that is disrespectful to their teachers? I don't know why I did that because no one can see me at the podcast. Sorry, whatever. <laughs> so what would you say? Talk to them and keep them on like a strict program to follow, you know, let them understand like the seriousness of the situation that they're in. Graduating is a big thing. If you want to make it in life, you at least have to have your high school diploma to get at least a decent job and make it a college. And college is the next step. College is where you get a good job, like a really good job. You get your degree. They see that you have a clean record. Everything's there to say you get a better life. I think talking to them is the best thing to do. I know a lot of people who think being dumb is for like clout. Smartness ain't a trend. Let's just say that. It's, you know, (laughs) dumb challenges that come out. I think we really need to bring back that people being smart again. Well, let me ask you this then. What does it mean to be smart? To at least get good grades, to follow the rules. Would everyone agree with that? I'm only asking because I think our educational system has really dictated of what smart means. You've got to be, yes, you've got to be a good reader. You've got to be in all the extracurricular activities. And at the same time, the inequities that exist make it almost impossible for everyone to be smart by their standards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Education can be the great equalizer. And at the same time, they hit some people in the the knees so they can't succeed and feel that. My worry is that education tells you that thoroughly. A lot of students who have come into AUL have been told they're not good at school or they don't belong in school, or you just have to do this. And it's been interesting to see that a lot of the students who have gone through AUL actually do better in community college and at trade schools, or at least the same as high-performing seniors at other schools, but it is how you are told to think about yourself. So if you're in third grade, 
And somebody's like, you're naughty all the time and you're a bad kid. And I think it's that statement. How many of our students have embraced that at some point, somewhere along the way, somebody told them they weren't smart or they were not a good kid. And how do you overcome that in a school system? Like that sucks. Yeah. It does suck. <laughs> I also think about that kids aren't allowed to screw up. So once you've made a mistake, whether you get involved with the court system or you get involved somewhere else, there's not a lot of grace for you to be a kid. So I think you mentioned we're supposed to know everything by the time we're 18 and you're supposed to be able to absorb every huge mistake when you're 14. And that's unfair. And so I think that's the other part that I hate. They show us and let us know that what we do is not okay, but it's still okay, but we can change our mistakes Mm -hmm. by doing what is best. I think another thing is a lot of schools expect you to act like an adult but then they still treat you like you're a child. If you're in high school and you mess up, they're going to call your parent, but you're an adult. Like, I think it'd be better to just sit that one student down. Why bring in their mother or their father or their grandmother? Just sit them down, explain to them what went wrong or what wasn't acceptable in that situation or why it wasn't acceptable in that situation and then move on from it. It's easy to forget that parents also come to the table with their own story, their own experience in education. And sometimes that phone call home we're not even respecting the story that the parents have. And that was like one of our biggest punishment right there when they call our parents because some of our parents be straight. They can be crazy sometimes. Yeah. Once they hear that <laughs> call. Yeah. What else would you change? We can have like a class or like a program, but like from when we're little, like having, um, instead of having like our basic subjects, we learn math, mm-hmm. science, reading, writing, but we can also throw in a class of like learning how we live in life, how like to accept who we are and learn how other people's feelings affect other people, how everything around us affects and makes us who we are. Yeah. But we can always change it instead of that's who you are, that's who you're going to be. Did any of you before you came here have classes in your schools that were like focused on that social emotional no. piece? Does that sound? Well, it goes back to the question of the student. Why does this matter? To me, it matters because that is a very impact, like something that will impact in our lives. Yeah, 100%. Other thoughts? Change the work. The work is, the work that we do isn't real, real stuff. I remember being in math and they taught us how to do taxes. That's, that's very helpful. That's something you're going to have to do. I want to learn stuff that's going to help me in the future, you know, survive and live. And I don't want to be that person looking it up on a phone who doesn't know. I don't, (laughs) I don't really find the stuff in certain schools, other schools helpful. We're going to learn this for something we're never going to use again. I like to learn stuff that I'm going to use. I don't find it necessary. It's boring. It doesn't help you make it more interesting make it help us. Don't keep it on one subject forever because yeah. I want to learn other stuff, like different languages, how to cook, you know, how to change a tire. That, that's helpful too. It's like reading a book that you want to read instead of them giving a book to you and you don't have no interest in it. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? You won't have the passion for the book. You won't like it. Like they give you the book and you read all of it, but you don't retain the information. You yeah. don't care about what you just read. It doesn't help you at all. What about homework? Homework just keeps us on track of in school. I think homework's a good sense of responsibility. Taking homework home, you understand you got to do this. I think that helps us understand that 
there's going to be responsibilities we're going to have to do. You know, you got to go home. You got to clean your house. You got to make dinner for your family or you. It is a little bit annoying, though, whenever you get it stacked onto you, though. It's, <laughs> That's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, in small amounts, homework is fine. Like, you can send someone home with a worksheet and, like, they can do it. But if they just spent eight hours in class, they don't want to go home and do another three hours of homework. They're not going to care about it. Like we said, they're not going to want to do it. Chances are what they're learning about isn't interesting to them. So it sounds like homework becomes easier when you're invested in why you're learning it. Instead of giving you a packet of math worksheets because you didn't get your math done, if I give you a scenario that you have to file someone's taxes, which I will now be leaving you with my tax group today, because no yeah. one taught me how to do taxes, <laughs> and I am not my best self during tax season. But then you have an invested interest. Why do I want to do this? The impact of COVID, has that impacted you or kind of made you think about education differently? Oh, yeah. I think working online was really tough and really easy. It was like a up-down relationship for everybody. I feel like we didn't get as much attention there wouldn't be teachers out there to help us. And you can't just start a Zoom call and run them anytime. They're busy with other classes or anything else. So they just leave you the work and you just do it, I guess. And we didn't really get the attention. I did really bad in, uh, in online learning because I need help throughout the lesson. Um, my experience in COVID was, it was pretty shitty, to be honest. I have a big family. All of his family are supposed to like help each other out and have everything done. I feel like remote learning got in the way of trying to have everything else in my life done because I was sitting there trying to focus on, on my work, but like I couldn't understand it and I didn't feel like clicking on the button to talk because I didn't want to feel like I was interrupting because they were still talking about the lesson, but I needed questions, I needed help, and I didn't want to be like rude, interrupt them, and tell them and make them forget about what they're still talking about and then make me more not understand what we're learning while I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. It was difficult. And then dealing with work and then trying to go back and forth and home. It was a lot. It was stressful. It was overwhelming, especially how, how it was hard to like get in contact with your teachers. Mm -hmm. It was the hardest part. Did you guys notice or feel like it was hard on your teachers as well? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. I would tell us all the time. All the time. Every day. <laughs> what would they tell you? What would your teachers tell you? Like not to make it too hard on the teachers because we're trying. They're doing as much as they can and trying the hardest they can for us. And it was just hard. I felt like I wasn't doing enough because I didn't know what I was learning. Yeah. That's a, a minor yeah. detail in school. It's a minor. You got to kind of know what you're learning. Mm -hmm. Well, did you appreciate that your teachers were transparent with you? Yes. At least they feel like they're, like they feel. they're yeah. really patient, too. <laughs> what was coming up for me when you were talking about, like, just your story in particular about being at home, it was harder at home. I think for people that had the privilege to be naive about the discrepancies and the inequalities in education, I think that veil was lifted during COVID, mm -hmm. right, of how inequitable the system is. In a lot of ways, we saw kind of that equity gap expand. You had students that... We're in school all year at a private school. So them coming back feels much different than most of our kids in public school. Personally, for me, COVID was really hard because I was in a weird transitional period at home. I had just moved from living with my mom to living with my older sister who had two kids of her own. And one of my nieces was also doing online school. And so we're like doing it at the same time. We're both in classes, sitting at the kitchen table. 
and I'm helping her raise my other niece and make sure everything's okay yeah. while like Aaliyah said while having a job and balancing that so it it was just a juggling act yeah. it was like trying to figure out where you could skip corners on certain things and what things you had to like completely do 100 percent yeah one thing I've been impressed with ever since Jen Jen thank you for speaking up about you know how we kind of label kids as smart or not smart. As I think to you four, here's what I'm picking up from you four is that you have a lot of wisdom. Wisdom you've learned not always the easy way. So I, I really admire your wisdom. I think you guys maybe don't even know how wise you are. Wisdom usually comes from learning from mistakes. Did you pick up on any newfound wisdom because of COVID? Um, what kind of wisdom happened as a result of this really hard couple of years? So me, I'm I'm very antisocial. I like to keep to myself. And so all throughout high school, I begged my mom to let me do online school. I was full on convinced that it was what was best for me and that I could succeed in it and that I would finish faster if I did online school. And then COVID hit and it made me realize like, it's not that easy. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of self-discipline, <laughs> which I do not have. It takes a lot of keeping track of yourself and determination and making sure that everything you do reflects in the work because they're not there to see how hard you're working. You have to show it through the things you're writing and what you're saying. Yeah. So it makes it 12 times harder to articulate everything. Justin, you can add anything whenever you want, but you don't have to. I'm waiting for like this just nugget of gold that you're going to give us. And it's going to blow our minds. We're like, whoa, it's coming. I know. I feel it. I feel it. I would like to go back to, in the intro, you were talking about, I'm not sure what I want to do with my life, mm -hmm. right? And I think this question comes up a lot for our students. The system wants to know, what do you want to go to college for? What are you going to do? And if you don't know that, sometimes it can feel like you're doing something wrong. But it seems like a lot to ask an 18-year-old to know. And unfortunately, community college is frowned upon. I think that's changing. Trades are frowned upon, which I think are changing. How would you like to change that so that you feel this sense of like, I'm, I am ready. I, I know where I want to go. They shouldn't have us graduate at 18. They shouldn't put it in our heads when we're young that you're supposed to graduate at 18. They should let us know that it's okay, that if we're not ready to graduate mm -hmm. at 18, if we don't know what we're going to do with our life after we graduate, then it's okay to take a year or maybe two or a year and a half to figure that out. Like you have time still. You don't have to rush to be an adult. You have time to still live your life. Nobody cares. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. No one has ever stopped me on the street and said, when did you graduate? No one's ever asked me that. No one's ever asked me if I graduated, actually. But no one's ever stopped me on the street and been like, well, I hope you graduate by 18. And I think that's the failure of current public education. Is kids start at five and they're expected to end at 18, regardless of anything. And then there's a lot of pressure on you if you choose a different path, which is unfortunate because once you get into the real world, you realize no one knows what they're doing and everyone's path is messed up. That's what's really helpful. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> Kind of scary when your principal just admits she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> well, I'm <they> worried. <laughs> For us to be finished with school at 18 should be changed because I think that another reason why they should change is because like when we're growing up in like elementary school or middle school, we're still kids, you know, we're like going to be bad. We're going to do things that we're not supposed to do in school and those things 
the like their punishments for example in second grade my mom did not take me to school okay it was not my choice she did not take me to school she did not put me on the bus or nothing second grade they had me repeat it mm-hmm. and i feel like that is another reason why i'm not able to graduate at 18 yeah because of the situation in the past or like how they punish you yeah I don't think that's right. It was way too strict at a young age. When you go, you know, you're a pre-K and all this other stuff, they teach you the rules. But even going, you know, you're still rebellious. You need time to still mature. And for them just to lay, like, these heavy rules on you and you're still doing what you're doing, it's a lot. And it's really stressful because, obviously, kids want to have fun. Yeah. I still want to have fun, too, and enjoy life most of the time. But... If you want to have fun, you're going to have to break the rules. It's a little bit too strict. It's on yeah. you constantly yeah. weighing. Did anyone ever experience or remember when they stopped liking school? Before yes. you came here. <laughs> yes. yes, I do. Okay, so you were in sixth grade. I was also in sixth grade. In sixth grade. The moment I came to school. <laughs> the first day, I hated it. Even whenever it was just coloring and reading the ABCs. So like, I don't want to do this. I'm, I don't like being told to do stuff. I like to do it on my own time. And, that's unfortunately something I have to deal with and try to get better at yeah. schooling. But I never liked it. I always want to be home, relax, go play with my friends. I guess now I kind of understand how serious it is, which is a good thing because it keeps me on track and I want to live a good life. I was really close with my family, so I didn't like being away from them either. And first day going to school has to be the most nerve-wracking day of your life. You're about to meet a lot of people you don't know. You're going to get yourself into 12 years straight of just doing this every day. Yeah. And I think maybe slow it down a little bit. For some adults, being a student is the longest time they're going to keep a job. (laughs) I had went to Stripe Prep. It was like literally prison. If you did not wear all black shoes, all black shoes, you can't have nothing else colored besides black or the school uniform. It had to be tucked in, had the belt like on. Everything had to be so professional over there. We had to walk in lines quietly. And if you did not do obey any of those rules, you had to sit up for lunch or be after school or talk to your parents all the time. They literally made me Sharpie in my shoes because they weren't all black. I think that was like, that was so wait dramatic. A minute, wait a minute, you had to sharpie, sharpie and, and make the, your shoes black. Yes, because they were all black. Oh, I like your shoes, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I also went to a strive school in sixth grade, right out of elementary school. And exactly what she said, it's, it's a prison for children. It's all black shoes, belts, shirt tucked in. There's nothing original about you. They want you all to be exactly the same. You can't color your hair. You can't wear makeup, really. All these things. And I did. I colored my hair in sixth grade, which you're not supposed to do. And they made me dye it back. And it fried off half of my hair. I had to cut off my hair because that's how strict they were about it. They needed you to all be in unison so badly that if there was one thing about you that was special or didn't fit in, you had to change it. Wow. Do you remember teachers who made learning fun? And how did that happen? And have you had classes where you go, this is what learning is? I actually had a teacher at Strive in the sixth grade. I can't remember her name for some reason, but she was my writing teacher. And she made me like fall in love with writing. Just 
the way she she gave like such good uh, what's the word it's um it's like criticism but in like the nicest way possible like she yeah. made it where you knew you knew what you should and could do better but she also like made you realize that not doing it in the first place wasn't wrong you weren't wrong for the, what you were doing or how you were doing it and just the way she I don't know just the writing prompts she gave out the way she taught people she made me want to be a teacher for a while. Like I wanted wow. to be a teacher. That is awesome. I don't say I could think of a teacher before that like made learning fun. Besides, but like when I came here, Bucky, he's our math teacher and I'm good at math, don't get me wrong. There's some times where I don't even know what's going on. He teaches it and it's like, like makes me understand it like that like so easy you just I don't know how he does it but he does it every time and it'd be like life problems too and he just makes me remember in real life I'd be like hey like I can use that because he taught me and I can actually use it he taught us how to get car loans how to buy a house what time is this class yeah Yeah, I better take this class I I never had a teacher other than here I think because every teacher if they were cool, they didn't care about you. If they were a cool teacher in my eyes, what they would do is whoever wanted to learn would learn. And if you weren't there, they didn't care. Mm. Or if you weren't doing the work, they didn't care. So I guess none of them really, because it's either that they were really strict and try to make you do your work instantly, really fast, or they just didn't care. They didn't have no empathy or love in their teaching. Yeah, yeah. Different here? Oh, yeah, for sure. sure I got the best principal I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, work at work at but nine. <laughs> Good teachers, you know, teachers funny. They help you out. They make you feel like they care about you, and I'm pretty sure that they do. Sometimes I'll stay a little bit after class just to talk to them and see how they're they're doing. Well, what it sounds like I'm listening to is when you're successful, it's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think there should be a label on kids for like being smart and who's mm-hmm. not smart. Mm-hmm. We're all smart. Yeah. We yes. all have our own unique abilities that we are capable to do i just don't like how people say smart kids am i labeled as one <laughs> we should all be yeah. labeled as one <laughs> also if you feel smart chances are someone someone made you feel that way like it's not it's not because yeah. of what you know you didn't tell yourself you were smart somebody along the way told you like that makes you smart being a good writer makes you smart being able to multiply quickly makes you smart and so you didn't come up with these criteria on your own. Somebody told you what to think. <laughs> I mean, to, to your point, kind of how we started the podcast today, it'd be nice if this label that we've created, these standards that we've set were equitable for everybody. Everyone is so diverse, has something special that they bring into the classroom and who gets to dictate what we take and what we don't. It's really unfortunate. There's a lot of wisdom in this circle and I've learned a lot listening. I just want to thank all three of you for being a part of this. I'm extremely grateful for your willingness to do this. I think one of the best things that you can learn now is is to find your voice and to advocate for what you deserve. And for us, we know that that is how the system is really going to change. And when the students begin to speak up and say enough is enough. And so I appreciate your voice on this podcast and for sharing that. Yeah, it really means a lot.